0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Jerry Jones is trying to talk himself into something here. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is your Dr. Pepper call in line? Now, we have not really hit you up today, but as a Cowboys fan, when you hear this news that Apparently, after the surgery, Dak Prescott now not necessarily looking at two months, maybe just four weeks, and the Cowboys aren't going to put him on IR. Are you any more optimistic? We got to hear from you. Lines are open at 888 888-7, 729 888-SAY-ESPN. I just, I, it feels desperate to me. It feels desperate from a guy that has constructed a poor roster and has realized his season is on the brink of being over and has also realized there is not a better option out there for him to try to save his season. I agree with the latter point. I'm not necessarily certain about the former, which is this is out of desperation. Now, without Dak Prescott, the season is over for the Dallas Cowboys. But in terms of the timeline that Jerry is laying out, saying that we expect him to be back sometime within the next four weeks. I don't believe that that's outside of the realm of possibility. Think about it. Last year, Russell Wilson, with a similar injury that required surgery, he missed three games. A couple of years ago, Drew Brees, with a similar injury, missed five games. So, I mean, to think that it could be somewhere in that three-to-five-game range in terms of the amount of time that Dak misses is not crazy. But in just looking at this Cowboys team, even if Dak Prescott gets back, there are a hell of a lot of issues that they got to deal with on the offensive side of the ball – and through the first three and a half quarters of that game on Sunday night, Dak Prescott, as great as he was, couldn't overcome those things. But that's and that's the, the problem. That That's the real issue. And if we're going to try to drive him back early mm. so that you can somehow compensate for those issues, it's not going to happen. And we could talk about, well, if he hurts his thumb, what's the worst that happens? He's out eight weeks, and he was going to be out that much anyway to begin with. Yeah that's fine when you are pushing the guy to come back he's not going to be anywhere near a hundred percent and you all of a sudden expect him to be able to save the day because you paid him the money i mean i think we saw the other night you can't do that here here was jerry this morning on 105.3 the fan in dallas
1: we uh, feel very good after surgery after listening to the medical people uh that uh, Dak has a real chance to uh, be back out there throwing the ball pretty quick. you think the timeline is closer to the four-game timeline or, or, or yeah, the six-to-eight? As good as I know how to give, only, as you know, uh, uh, in medical, nobody knows those timelines good. But if we thought he wasn't going to be ready to go for uh, four games until after four games, we would put him on IR. We're not doing that. Yeah, so
0: he is holding out hope in every way. Mm. He is thus holding up a roster spot that you can't fill. And I don't think the majority of us really expect him to be back that soon. And even if he is, what kind of effect does it have when it comes to a thumb for a quarterback? We had Matt Castle on earlier, former NFL quarterback, and he discussed this very injury that he had. But I hit my thumb on a helmet and I dislocated my thumb and had to go get surgery on it. And I'll tell you, it wasn't six weeks until I even got the pins out, let alone we started season three weeks after that. And your thumb for a thrower is the most important part of your hand because it controls the ball. And there's atrophy that takes place during that injury. There's swelling, everything else. And so you got to go through the healing process, especially when you are going to get right back out on that field and take hits and you're going to land on your hands and do all that. The last thing you want to do is rush that injury back as quickly as possible just because you need your star player and then subject him to possible further injury in which he's going to be out for a longer duration of time. Yeah, him being out for a longer duration of time doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not worried about that. Now, if you were to tell me that him re injuring it is going to be detrimental to his career and being 100% healthy in 2023, then it might make me second guess whether or not I want to push him out there. But, Carlin, this is all going to come down to where the Dallas Cowboys are at by the time it's plausible for Dak Prescott to be back in the lineup. So, let's just say looking at the next three games, the Dallas Cowboys, they got a home game against Cincinnati, they're on the road against the New York Giants, and then they're home against the Washington Commanders. So, you got two division games over your next three. If Cooper Rush is somehow, some way, able to shepherd this team, into getting those two division wins, and you're talking about this team being two and two going into a road game against the Rams, then all of a sudden it makes sense to throw Dak Prescott into the fire because the prospects of your season aren't completely down the tubes. But if you're talking about this team going over over the next three weeks and looking at bringing Dak Prescott back, and you're at zero and four club going out to Los Angeles to play the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if there's anything that Dak Prescott is going to be capable of doing that can save your season. It's Kanji and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus and on your smart speaker as well, but here, here's my bigger issue. What is the best for the long term with the Dallas Cowboys? If they are 0-4 after those four games. Season's over. But Jerry's still going to jam him back in there and try to save it. Here's the problem, Chris. Jerry is desperate to save this season because he continues to be wrong with his roster construction and time is ticking away. And this is an 80 year old man who is still running that team and desperately trying to prove that he can win his way Mm. winning versus winning his way. That to me is where the big disconnect is. Jerry's not interested in winning He's interested in winning his way, and that will not allow him to do what is in the best interest of that team, and that is break the whole thing down. That is break the whole thing down. Well, I mean, they already started breaking the offense down, and that's a part of the problem that I But somehow expected to compete this year. Well, the only reason that they felt that way is because they thought their $40 million-a-year quarterback could make everybody around him better. Or their $18 million-a-year running back was actually going to get back to what he was six years ago. Well, no. I mean, that's a deal that they're locked into. And in an honest moment in a quiet place, they'd probably tell you that that was the wrong decision to sign him to. But But here's the thing, Chris. They're trying to convince themselves of things. They're not trying (laughs) to convince themselves of things. Zeke Elliott, this is his last season in the Dallas Cowboys. Boys uniform. But he they're has gonna been cut saying his ass after the year. Camp, all camp, as Zeke goes, so goes the Cowboys. Yeah, but how the hell is Zeke going to go when the offensive line in front of him is in shambles? I agree, so you why moved is he on from Connor, Well, they're saying that because they're selling hope, Carlin. They're saying that because they're hoping that Dak Prescott can make everybody else better. That means checking into the right plays. That means getting the ball to the playmakers in their spots and letting them do the heavy lifting. Dak Prescott can't do that. Especially with the offensive line being pushed in his face. They thought they were going to have Tyron Smith. Guess what? He's going to be out for a substantial period of time. You don't have any more Connor Williams. You don't have any more Lyle Collins. Carlin, you're looking at it. You're saying, man, we are down three of the five starters that we had at opening day last year. Not to mention, we lost one of our starters in Connor McGovern for some time in the season opener. This, this is a team that has some serious deficiencies, and I don't know that Dak Prescott, when he gets back, is going to be able to overcome them. All I'm simply saying is, if the Cowboys have an opportunity to tread water over the next three games and somehow have an opportunity to be right at 500 going into that game against the Rams, Jerry Jones is absolutely going to put Dak Prescott in the lineup. Of course he is. Is that yeah. for the best of the organization? Well, what's what's your alternative? My alternative is... At least is, you got a chance with Dak Prescott. You don't have a chance, a snowball's chance in hell with Cooper Wright. Do I have a chance with Dak right now? Because because of everything else well, that i let, let, let happen me, let me, around let, let, him? Let me, let me say this about week one. Week one, everybody's trying to figure out what their identity is. There's always what you think you're going to be going into the season versus who you have to turn into in order to be a contender. And, but, Chris, and, so, and so there's an adjustment period there. So as bad as it looked... It doesn't mean that the Dallas Cowboys don't have a pathway to being competitive this year. It just means that they're going to have to do some things differently. It means that Kellen Moore on the second play of the game shouldn't call a double reverse to Tony Pollard. Listen, I'm not saying that the Cowboys are in a position where it's just completely going to fall apart even with Dak on the field. They're not that good. They're not that good. And if you want to go and play, continue to be in the middle, that's on you go right ahead but chris you and i both know what we as far as what you believe in week one and what you don't what we saw from the cowboys the other night we believe we believe they're not that good they're not that good where are the tampa bay bucks in the nfc how good are they? the nfc is not very good no i'm asking you but where are the tampa bay bucks (laughs) top four where, where do you have them Stop saying top four. Where are they? Are they one? Are they two? Are they three? Are they four? Where are they? They're probably three. You probably got them as the third best team. So who do you have ahead of them? I would still, as crazy as this might sound after week one, and I have very real concerns about it, I would still put the Rams in front of them. I think you're out of your mind, but go ahead. And I would still put the Packers in front of them. Okay. So... You're their top three team, and the Dallas Cowboys lost that game to a team that scored 19 points, a team that their defense only allowed to score one touchdown. Your best argument is the NFC stinks. But that's my point. (laughs) That's my point, Carlin. So it's too early to punt on the season. And like I said, if Cooper rush, and I don't think he can, but if he does just so happen to get two division wins in your next three games, then all of a sudden you're talking about the team being two and two. The sky is not falling. You still have an opportunity to make a push for your division and for the wild card. You still got the best quarterback in the division if he's healthy. That gives you a fighting chance. Do you? Yeah, you do. Mm. Yeah, you do. Mm. Yeah, you do. What we saw the other day was pretty good. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Relax. Relax. We may not be saying the same thing by the middle of the season. (sighs) We may not be. Okay. 888, Uh, say ESPN, uh, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin. That's your cue on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let's go. On the Cowboys and where this all stands, is it something that they should just blow up, or is it in fact still salvageable because the NFC is just not that good? Meanwhile, is it a panic button that needs to be hit for the Super Bowl champions? We'll discuss that next on ESPN Radio and Series 6M, Channel 80.
1: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Eight eight
0: eight say ESPN. 8729-3776. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I won't lie, you do look good with the sunglasses on. All right, I appreciate that. I'll take all compliments. It's just. I don't know. There is something about... It makes it feel like I'm a little pretentious because I'm wearing sunglasses indoors. That's the thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's something about a guy wearing sunglasses inside. I wear my sunglasses at night. (laughs) 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 That I did not expect. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should the Cowboys save the season? Mike in El Paso, Texas, up first on the Canty and Carlin call-in line. What up, Michael? Hey, buenos tardes, guys. What you got, hey, bud? This this is not a complicated situation. If Jerry wants to save the season, first step, fire his general manager because that guy is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Keep holding your breath for that. Real. Okay, fine. That's it? All right. Uh, that, that, that's that, how that you say the season? A, I don't know if that's how you say the season in it's and not. of itself. You know, uh, listen, Jerry's got some good people in terms of talent evaluation. Will McClay is one of the very best around the National Football League. He's the guy that found Michael Parsons. They were actually able to trade back and still get Micah Parsons. So that just shows you how good they are at being able to work the draft and find talent. But... That being said, I think Jerry fooled himself into thinking that his quarterback could do more than what Dak Prescott actually is capable of in terms of elevating the play around him. He also fooled himself into thinking that Tyron Smith was going to be healthy for the entirety of the regular season. So is there an easy fix here somewhere else? In other words, at some other part of the Cowboys, that will allow them to win. We were talking about their defense earlier. Yeah, their defense is going to have to win the day for them. There's no question about that. But 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 Let's define that for a second. Where are we putting the the points allowed numbers? Hold them to 20 points or less. If you hold them to 20 points or less in today's NFL, that should give your team a chance to be competitive. But what your offense is going to have to do is complement your defense. That means field position. That means being able to run the football, control time of possession, dictate the complexion of the game. And not turn the football over. Those are things that absolutely have to happen. And that's what the identity of this team has to be moving forward. This is not going to be the number one offense in the National Football League like they were a year ago. It ain't going to happen. They're going to have to run the ball. And trust me, those offensive linemen, as bad as they looked on Sunday night, they're better going forward in run blocking than they are going backwards in pass protection. So let those guys do that because they're largely inexperienced. And every offensive lineman will tell you they prefer to run block rather than the pass block. Let them set the tone for what that offense is going to be. Use Ezekiel Elliott up since you're paying him $18 million on your salary cap this year. Get the most out of Tony Pollard as a change-of-pace player. And every now and again, sprinkle in some shots with play action. That's what their offense has to turn into. Utilize Dalton Schultz, your tight end. Maybe go two tight ends to protect the edges. Whatever you got to do, Carlin, in order to make sure your offensive line doesn't get exposed and make sure your offense avoids negative plays because you got a defense that's going to create turnovers, that's going to steal extra possessions, and that's going to hold teams down once they get in the red zone. That's the formula. That's what their identity has to be. We just hope that the head coach and Mike McCarthy wakes up and realizes this has got to be a lot different than it was last year in order for us to compete and try to get back to the postseason. A little bit of breaking news. If you want to call it that, this from Adam Schefter, addressing his decision to attempt a game-winning 64-yard field goal last night, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett just told reporters, quote, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Real shocker, Carlin. So you just realized what everybody else in the sports world already knew. Yes. The 70,000 in the building, on the road, everybody across the planet. and Even we've decided Peyton to Manning it. and Eli Manning and Did you see, Sharp oh on the God. Manning cast said it. Eli was like, oh, I don't know what they're doing. And Peyton said, I would take a timeout. Peyton said, I would take a timeout like right now. The, this, is right what, now. this is what it sounded like. We got three timeouts. He. I might use one right here, he. Let's use one. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. I think we. I think we should call a timeout. Like now. <laughs> <laughs> they look unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. Hurry up. Hurry.
1: Timeout.
0: timeout. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and Shannon, Shannon Sharp just had his head in his hands the entire time. He was wearing a bucket hat. I was just, like, oh. Oh. was just like, what are they doing? What are they doing? It made no sense, Carlin. Uh, it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to watch. Did, did he freeze? Are, are we talking about a, a rookie head coach that just froze in the moment? No, I don't think he froze in the moment, Chris. Mm. I think his mind was made up prior to the third down play. And what do I say about a plan that can't change? It's a bad plan. It's a bad plan. Well, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that based on it being third and long, he didn't think Javante Williams was going to catch a swing pass and take it to within five yards of the first down marker. Well, but think about it for a second, right? There was no rush whatsoever of Russ looking to the sideline after the play, of anybody looking around like, what are we doing? There was – it was simply – All right, let's run. Let the clock run. But here's the thing, Carlin. They knew what they were doing. Carlin, in the last five minutes, there was no urgency for the Seahawks. That entire possession, yeah, they were just wasting time. Those guys weren't getting back up on the ball. They weren't snapping the ball. Like Donovan McNabb in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were just taking their time, like they had the lead. And I didn't understand it. Now, there's something to be said for having poise and being calm in that moment. But you got to have some urgency about going about your business. And they wasted a lot of clock on that final possession. They really did. Yeah, they wasted a ton. A ton on that final possession. Unbelievable. Finally decided, eh, probably should have gone for it. Yeah. Wow. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus were presented by Progressive Insurance. (sighs) A Super Bowl contender. That already needs to make a quarterback change. We'll discuss Kante Carlin next. ESPN Radio. This September, Disney Plus is back in action with exciting new premieres like Disney's Pinocchio, Marvel's Thor: Love and Thunder, Pixar's Cars on the Road, and Star Wars: Obi Wan Kenobi: A Jedi's Return. Also, National Geographic's Epic Adventures of Bertie Gregory, and a new Simpsons short welcome to the club and don't miss other new favorites like growing up and frozen one and two sing-alongs plus the all new episodes and specials dropping like Marvel's she-hawk attorney at law and dancing with the stars the pro's most memorable dances nothing's bigger nothing's better nothing beats disney plus all these and more now streaming <laughs>
1: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin.
0: Makes me sad to play this now. Summertime's over. It's over. It's a wrap. Yeah. Isn't Labor Day the official end of the summer, right? Well, I know I can't wear white anymore, so, yeah. I don't think you ever could wear white, big fat. Probably not. it's not very flattering I for me. I could, you. probably in 1987. Okay. <laughs> so, no no time in the last 30 years. Is no. what you saying. No. Now, yeah. White is not flattering to the large man. No, no. The only time it they're helps. Not gonna, they're not going to invite you to Michael Rubin's all-white party out in Long Island. No, but that's not the reason why. <laughs> 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 the only time white helps a big man. Is when it's really hot outside and if you got to, like, wear a suit every day, uh-huh. the white button-down shirt or the white shirt does not show the sweat nearly as much. The white button-down shirt like doesn't a, show like the sweat? Like, if you're wearing a white shirt as opposed to a darker-colored shirt, uh-huh. you're going to see all those sweat stains everywhere. Yeah. You wear the white shirt, not as visible. Okay. These, these are the things you're going to learn. But if it rains in the summertime. Well, then you're screwed. Exactly. But I'll take that risk as opposed to we're not living in Miami. This is I'll take that risk and deal with the ninety five degree temperatures and maybe I'll look a little bit better and a little more presentable to somebody. Or how about you just don't get caught outside in ninety five degree heat as a three hundred pound plus man. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes, Listen, ever since chance. I retired from playing in the National Football League, I always have a choice. <laughs> Can't it, <eat garland. laughs> ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So, here's the deal. We have an opportunity to take a look at some quarterbacks, some coaches, some teams around the league, and decide if we want to buy, sell, or hold mm. the stock of the particular individual in question. Are we ready to do it? Well, Evan? Well, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready, big fella.
1: Just I always it. need to get ready. That I'm was my cue ready. for
0: Evan Wilner. Yep, okay. and I am never ready. So here we go. Bye. Well, you're a Jets fan, hold. so that's not surprising. Oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. wow. They, they right. apparently weren't ready for the Ravens on Sunday.
1: Are we buy, selling, or holding the quarterback the Jets probably should have drafted in Trey Lance? Buy, sell, hold, can't he? I'm
0: buying it. I'm buying all the stock in Trey Lance because I can get it cheap right now. Everybody's jumping off of the Trey Lance bandwagon. And look, I get it. He was a far cry from a guy that looks like he could be a legitimate MVP candidate. But he played the game on Sunday in a monsoon. It was an absolute swamp in Soldier Field. And that's all you need to have happen to give a little bit of hesitance, a little bit of doubt in a young quarterback's mind. Do I think Trey Lance will hit some of the throws that he missed on Sunday? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to eyeball his receivers like he did on Sunday that led to the Eddie Jackson pick? No, I don't. Trey Lance will be markedly better in week two than he was in week one, and I think he's only going to improve from there on out. So everybody just pump the brakes on Trey Lance being a problem and Jimmy Garoppolo needing to save the day because guess what? Trey Lance is the future. That's why they invested three first-round draft picks in the guy while they still had Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, be careful. He's running into the Geno Smith train this week. Okay. Settle down. All right. Uh, I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold. And I'm with Chris. I believe the talent is there. I just don't know that we're going to see it as soon as he thinks that we will. I'm a little more hesitant just because I think he needs to play a lot more. And I also know that we are probably going to reach a point Probably around week five or six, where the question's going to be asked, can we keep playing him and still expect to win this year? And so if that's the case right now, I'm holding. I'm not bailing. I'm holding. Okay. You mentioned the Jets. All right, Robert Soloway, buy, selling, or holding stock in the Jets' head coach. Ooh. You know, it was a bad moment that he had yesterday. It was a bad moment. And I hate to sound like I'm playing it halfway. I'm going to hold, but it's not good. Bro, uh, honestly, you have to know better. And if you ever wanted to know exactly what a Jet fan feels today, listen to what Grainy said earlier today because it was off the charts. He went off on Salah and what he had to say in terms of you know, taking receipts on everybody that is, uh, fail, that is bailing on them right now. So I, I, I'm not going to get uh, too wrapped up in burying him. But I also would say, you made a big mistake there, brother. You made a big mistake. Mm, big fella, I think I got to sell on this one. And I hate to do it because you're only talking about him being in his second year. But a big part of why the Jets are going to struggle early on in this season, schedule first and foremost, but also not having Zach Wilson. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. Joe Flacco, Mike White, them dudes ain't the answer. And no. so when your head coach is coming out saying those things about taking receipts, about people that are naysayers, And that coupled with the fact that he had the whole Rex Ryan fiasco last year, it just doesn't strike me as a guy that understands what being a head coach in the tri-state market is all about. And so it just feels like a lot of times he needs to focus on trying to put his team in position to win football games and not worry about things that are being said in the outside world. There are certain things, big fella, that you can keep in the chamber. You don't need to let everybody else know that you're petty and you're keeping receipts. Let your play do your talking for you. Yep.
1: Last, Agreed. Last one. Guy who let his play do his talking for him this past weekend Tua. Are we buying, selling, or holding stock in Tua Tungavailoa? Ugh. <laughs> ha!
0: Sell. So, I'm out. And I know what happened the other day. It wasn't yeah. that bad. wasn't that bad. No. Nothing that I saw made me think, and I know what the numbers are. You don't have to point them out, everybody out there. Dolphin Nation, who's been a little bit disappointed with me uh, lately for my takes on the, on the Tua situation. But no, I've been out on Tua for a while, so I'm not all of a sudden going to try to jump back in. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm selling on Tua. I, I don't believe in him being a long-term answer at the quarterback spot. Even though he had a nice outing against the Patriots defense yesterday, that was a secondary that lost J.C. Jackson this offseason. And they've got a lot of moving parts on the defensive side of the ball, so I'm going to sell on Tua Tagovailoa. That's it? That's it. That's buy, sell, or hold. You know what I love? What's that? When we have new segments. And we have a new segment coming up. Okay. And this is inspired by something that you said to me, I believe, uh, probably about a month and a half ago. Okay. The segment is entitled...
1: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, Pound for Pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio.
0: This I'm looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a new segment. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN (laughs) Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Chris? You just glossed over the rejoin music, too. The brilliance of Ryan Matlack. You're right. I did. You did. I did. That's a terrible job. Instrumental I was playing, right? Yes. I wear my sunglasses at night. Of course, absolutely. Who sang that? I have no idea. I I don't. Ryan, who sang that? Huh? Corey Hart. Corey Hart. Yeah, that was more. That was more in your prime years than mine, big fella. All right, settle down. (laughs) Let's let's. You know, there's not. I'm still in my 30s. I'm just saying. You're holding on to that one. Uh, ain't, ain't it, yeah. though? Ain't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, let's do it. This was Canty's idea, and I love him for it. This segment, don't be a dumbass. Listen, we all make mistakes and say things we regret. Just don't be a dumb. All right, here's the deal. Texas A&M, as we know, lost to Appalachian State the other day. And it was a horrible, horrible loss. So think back to the night before the game. The night before a big game, you're getting all pumped up, right, if you're on a college campus going to a big-time school. And Texas A&M is obviously a big-time football school. Mm -hmm. And they have midnight yell practice where they pack a good 30,000 into Kyle Field to practice what all their cheers the next day are going to be. Okay. Now that's... That seems a little extra. Yeah. Like you're doing too much. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson-esque. Like he could have been out there leading the cheers, you know? (laughs) But it turns out it was a kid named Zach Cross. Okay. As they're playing Appalachian State. Here is Zach Cross before they were about to get started practicing all of their
1: cheers welcome back to midnight yell practice boy do i love to be back in kyle field the week after a season opening win i had to google this team to make sure that they're even real i was really confused because appalachia is definitely not a state but sure enough i found them And they're located deep, and I mean deep, in the backwoods. Just like you would think any hillbilly college that names themselves the Mountaineers.
0: And that wasn't even the beginning. That wasn't even it. He went on to say they can't even spell A&M or Appalachia. Mm. that was just a couple of times that they were flat out
1: insults and i think we know what happened bryce takes the snap backs up runs out the remaining seconds of the game and the mountaineers just upset the number six team in the country baby for the first time since 2007 app state has knocked off a top 10 football team hello
0: a zach scott or cross whatever your name is yeah don't be a dumbass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it probably wasn't the best idea to go out there and let something like that go viral. And here's what's even worse. He created bulletin board material for the team that was rolling into College Station. The best part about it? Mm. After the game? Mm. And this was on Texas A&M's website, by yeah. the way, that he was leading those cheers on, on YouTube. Oh, they had to pull that down they did they had to, they, There's no they question tried about to it. but everybody already had it yeah you can't let you can't let something like that live <laughs> like you can laugh at it all you want until that's the team that hands you a hot fresh L. now what i will say is this have you ever been to boone north carolina i haven't i did the appalachian state bowl game this past year okay so you haven't actually been to boone i have not been to boone okay all right yeah you're from the south. I, uh, well, I, I, you're not wait. from the south, but you've well, spent time. I went, to, time to, I in the went south. to high school in Charlotte. and yes. Boone is not very far from Charlotte. Okay. Any uh, follow-up to that? I, I'm just saying, just in terms of the sentiment that Zach Cross was expressing, not uh, not too far off there. We have an affiliate in Boone. <laughs> not, not too far. Just saying. <laughs> not, not if you ever been. Not too far off there. The the words I'm hearing are no lies told. I'm just saying little brother-cousin action. Just saying. But here's the thing. Maybe don't say it in front of 35,000 people. that's the whole point. That's that's the point. (laughs) Just because something is true doesn't mean you have to go out there and say it. Mr. Canty, what is your don't be a dumbass? Oh... Don't be a dumbass. Don't don't be a dumbass moment. I guess it has to be Nathaniel Hackett, right? Mm -hmm. It absolutely has to be. Like, when you're giving the post-game press conference and you say before the kick on fourth and five that you took a sack the play before when it was actually a 10-yard pass play from Javante, Javante Williams, I'm just saying you probably shouldn't go that route. Let's take a listen. Fourth and six, for me, during that time,
1: we had been just moving it slightly. uh, They weren't moving it with big chunks. I think we had just given up a sack right before that. uh, So wanted to be sure that we took a chance when we had a chance. And I felt confident in in, in him.
0: Yeah, there was no sack. There was no sack, Coach. Not sure if you were watching the game. Maybe you were buried in your play sheet. It wasn't a sack. It was actually a a positive play. It was actually a positive play. You actually gained yards. He was too busy watching the clock. Yeah. i am just saying, don't be a dumbass, coach. I mean, here's the thing. You know what? It makes you look bad to the media and to the fans, but you know who it really makes you look bad to? The actual players that you're coaching. Yeah. We got a coach that got the best seat in the house and ain't even watching the damn game. Maybe it was like the Mike McCarthy thing where he couldn't see the clock. Oh, he couldn't, yeah, couldn't so see the clock? Maybe that was it. Couldn't see the clock? I mean, Could have used that. Man, I, that would have been a better excuse. There is no excuse, though. I mean, players, listen, you understand and you accept the fact that the guy that you're going up against every Sunday might be better than you. You understand that. doesn't stop you from trying to do your job. You get that. The one thing that you can't compete against or you can't fight is your head coach. Coach, I'm a need for you to know what's going on. I'm a need for you to know the situation in order to put me in the best position in order to help our team win. And it was clear that Nathaniel Hackett didn't do that at the end of the game. And it was clear in his post-game press conference when he thought his team took a sack before the fourth down where they kicked a field goal. It's a bad tone setter. Let's put it that way. And if you're a player on that team looking at your coach, you know, when he just cost you a game, eh, there's some repairing to do. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.